Well, hello there. This is Owen from the Bite Size Irish Podcast, speaking to you from Limerick City in Ireland. Um, in the last episode, in episode 88, we were discussing Irish music, uh, traditional and his and contemporary styles. And we got a great response by email. People were taking our course. We had several hundred people taking our email course. I'll tell you more about that. But it sparked off some listener questions that we go kind of a bit of on a tangent today. Uh, Irish music is just the starting point of the chat for today. So we have a couple of um, a good couple of questions to cover. So let's go into it. So the first listener's question comes from Val in California, I believe. It comes to talk to on Val Juan and Shel Arish. Uh, thank you very much for your program on Irish language music, both historical and modern. The modern music is great evidence of a living language, and folk or traditional songs are very popular worldwide now. It's all good for preserving and expanding the relevance of the Irish language outside the classroom or the museum. I do have some uh, comments or questions about uh, translations of some of the Irish lyrics, but I tend to run on a little bit too long for the recording here, so I will send you these uh, questions in an email. Again, thank you very much. Thanks, Val. So what we've done at Bites as Irish, we uh, took three traditional songs, and they are Trasnana Dunta, and Ben Fadi. They're lovely songs, lovely traditional songs. And what Siobhan did, Siobhan is our language assistant at Bite Size Irish. She recorded those songs being sung, and you can get those songs by video over email uh, with their lyrics. If you go to www.bitesize.irish/slash sing, you'll get three songs by email over a week or two. And if you're interested in actually singing those songs, so this is coming to your question or your comment, Val. What we did is wonder, okay, if somebody wants to actually sing a song in the Irish language, how would we best approach it to teach those songs? So Siobhan goes in, first of all, I think is very important, the context and the story around those songs. And this, by the way, I'm talking about our course which is available to purchase and it's called Sing a Song in Irish. So what we did, we broke down each song, we took the context and Siobhan explains the history of the song. Actually, this was very interesting for me to go through because I didn't know the history of the songs um, in particularly or the translations or their origins, where they might have come from. So when you know the context, then Siobhan brings you through reading the song. So uh we believe that you should be able to at least read through the song before trying to sing the song and not only that we believe that you should understand what you're singing and so the next part of the course for each of these songs 
is a deep dive into specific words and phrases in the Irish language with translations and phonetic pronunciations up on the screen and the video. So line by line, you're getting to know what the song actually means. You, you start to understand the words themselves. And only then, then at, uh, at the end of the course for each song, do you get into singing the song? You get the phonetic pronunciation or at least the lyrics on the screen while Siobhan is singing and you can sing along with her. Uh, I love this approach and if you have uh, purchased the course and you still have questions about the lyrics, yeah, absolutely get in touch with us on bitesize.irish. There's a contact page on our site. Thanks a lot, Val. And on we go to Paul. Jigwitch Owen. This is Paul White. I just found your podcast today and listened to the most recent one about music and song. And I've definitely been listening to Irish music and song for over 20 years now and would love to be able to sing one of them, or at least know what the words meant. (laughs) So here's my question for you. How would you describe or define your connection to Ireland and her beautiful language as experienced through the rolling hills, cairns, stone circles, burial mounds, and other megalithic or natural sites around the island. I hope you have fun with this question. Gadamagat. So Paul, I do love this question. Uh, first on your point about singing, I would say that yes, you can sing in the Irish language. It takes practice. What I love about songs, uh, if you're learning a language, is that a song gives you this structured format, this vessel that you can take and practice start with the chorus get to know the chorus um if you can start singing that verse you can move on to the other verses Uh, singing is something that you can share with others so if you understand the song you can share your love for the irish language your love for their culture and the song itself by singing it to others and yes it does take courage you need to pluck up the courage to do that but yes it is possible and you take it step by step and uh, don't be hard on yourself feeling that you should be able to do it faster. Now onto the second part of your question. I love your question because it brings us through the rolling hills, the landscape of Ireland and then Ireland's megalithic sites. So first of all I would say in modern day Ireland whenever I go wander down from Limerick to the Kerry Gaeltacht especially or the Connemara Gaeltacht in Galway um, I can just feel a certain atmosphere. I don't know what it is as we're driving in through the region, through the area. There's something about it. You can feel that there's something different. And yeah, the rolling hills are the striking scenery, the striking mountains around Killarney and Dingle, for example, down in County Kerry. I just love that. So um, absolutely, by visiting the Gwildacht regions you get such a deeper connection i think with that sense of irishness and that's not to take away from visiting for example cities like galway and dublin there's definitely a good in that as well so about megalithic sites we had an uh, an old interview podcast with finn from the irish history podcast and i was asking him questions about the irish language along in history so if you find that episode um, you might enjoy it 
But for me, uh, the, the one thing I think I find intriguing is we don't know what language the people spoke who created these megalithic sites. Isn't that amazing? Like these structures that are, for example, 5,000 years old. This is uh, uh, thousands of years before Kel uh, Celtic culture rolled into Ireland about 2,000 years ago. Celtic culture just took over what was there before and killed off languages, basically killed off cultures or at least absorbed them. And I find that intriguing because we treat our, the Irish language as something like an absolute truth that uh, belongs to Ireland and has forever been here. And of course, it hasn't been forever here. And the sense of Irishness is actually bigger than the Irish language. But the Irish language, of course, makes a huge part of our Irish language. Oh, sorry, of our Irish culture and identity. So I love this complexity. There's layers there. And Paul, that's my answer, really. Um, I think uh, just it makes me think if I go, for example, there's a small site that I visited since childhood called Muhan. And it's uh, near Newmarket and Fergus in County Clare. And there's placards to explain what's there. You just, it's a little forest walk. There's a little like lump in the ground with an old wall. And you start realizing this is a three ringed fort. So there was a fort on a hill and um, protected by three layers of large walls. And um, basically, there were farmers in there. Uh, living off the land in Stone Age Ireland and you make it to the top of the hill and you've got a nice view out over County Clare and over to County Limerick and I just love that deep sense of connection that you find when you visit these sites um, for example another example here in Limerick if you visit King John's Castle you can see the old original well original old Viking walls walls that the Viking built built building buildings along the river Shannon when they were settling here isn't that amazing that you can see these walls directly and then the megalithic sites again I find it intriguing for example there's a very um, a famous example in Newgrange uh, where there's this entrance rock outside with these spirals and I've read about these spirals that we associate with the celtic -y times but Indeed, these spirals, this artwork, the stone artwork is well before Celtic time. And some people argue that they are maps, for example, of the different sites. And definitely I would subscribe uh, to the idea that altered states of mind were part of this. Whether they were in trance-like state, had they taken magic mushrooms or something, they had just altered the state, some state that we basically don't reach in modern day society we're all just running around from one thing to another so i love this that the megalithic art we get we find in ireland you see it across europe also so it's not just an irish thing it's a culture that was across europe maybe a, a shared culture but also a shared something that people just inherently discovered at the same time as well perhaps Probably a good bit of shared culture there, I would say. So, Paul, that's my answer. Um, I'd love to hear how uh, you connect to Ireland through 
its uh, landscape, but especially, for example, its megalithic sites. I loved your question. Um, Keep listening. I hope you dive into the archives of the podcast and looking forward to your next question. Okay, on to Paddy. Owen Akara, Banakti Nafela Parik Art. Well, Owen, I guess a question you get asked many times is, did St. Patrick speak Irish? So I was wondering if maybe you could uh, tell the answer once again to all your listeners in your next podcast. Best of luck. Goramayagat. Thanks, Paddy. I appreciate your question as always on this podcast, and it's always nice to be uh, talking to you on Twitter. So as Paddy, Paddy, oh no, I didn't make that mistake today. As Paddy well knows, um, but it's nice to share, St. Patrick was, was a Welshman, and of course he wasn't born a saint. <laughs> he was born a boy who became a slave and was was it abducted from his homeland so he ended up in Ireland uh, taking care of sheep as far as I understand it that's what I've heard anyway and so St. Patrick he did not speak the Irish language he wasn't a native Irish speaker but he was certainly a learner of the Irish language and he certainly learned it uh, well enough to be able to influence people he influenced people in power which helped him basically uh, uh, put his cause forward in Ireland. Uh, so St. Patrick, we don't know uh, what his accent was like, um, how well he spoke Irish, but I suspect he, he mastered the language. So that's a nice little interesting facet of St. Patrick's Day every year, when you think that St. Patrick himself was an Irish language learner. So we'll go on to Joseph. Uh, Joseph uh, is an American, he says, and he um, records a nice few sentences in the Irish language, and then he puts his question in the English language. So here we go. Dianim studier gael gair fad kupla blin, hui me goji go ijis gael i dir gonal er fad kokisha ra no tri blina o hin stagera yenu, agas divin lome. Vi me kapa fui do hest fui diakrachti no stagera gaelga. Um, I think that one of the biggest difficulties as an English speaker, as an American uh, English speaker to study Irish is that there isn't a standardized variety of the language. Um, I recognize that there's a Haidan Ifigil, but nobody seems to like that. And when studying Irish, the first time you pick up, say, you know, Gaelgagan to be introduced to Diawit, Konasatatu, Kademar Tatu, Kenkiwiltu, all those different options is a little overwhelming. And to have native Irish speakers. Uh, correct you can be a little overwhelming. So I think a standardized version um, would actually help even more than a simplified version. Joseph, thanks so much and thanks for using your Irish language in your question. So you're living in Colombia with your family. You've attended Idiscoil in Donegal. That's intensive Irish language lessons that you can attend for a week or two. Uh, They're held, I think, during summer, but they have stuff going on during the year as well. So I take your point. It's a subtle point, really, uh, because in the previous episode, I was talking about the case of a simplified Irish where basically if you don't learn 
all of the grammatical points of the Irish language, I think you still have the right to express yourself in that language and actually feel that we're moving towards a simplified Irish because simply there's a lot of people who speak the Irish language who don't know the subtleties of the Irish language and we're talking about pretty fundamental things like the the uh, gender of words. The, the question about standardized Irish, it's an interesting one. Like you said, there's the Caidani Figul, that's the official standard, that's the literal translation, and it defines how the written Irish language is written. And thank God that we have that, really, because without it, we'd still be like using different spellings from different regions. So I do appreciate this. Now, to have a standardized spoken Irish language, I yeah, I, I know it would help if we had one for learners. I do agree with you. I don't know how practical it is. I, I'm just not convinced, but it's an interesting point, Joseph. Uh, so just for example, like in my perception of all this with um, media such as Radio Nagueltachta, uh, Irish language speakers are being exposed to different accents, different dialects of the Irish language every single day if they're tuning in. And so we are bridging this gap of once upon a time a, a speaker of a certain dialect of Irish just wouldn't be aware of the words of other dialects, wouldn't understand them whatsoever. And gradually we're, we're just getting closer because of, you know, modern day media, basically, I think. We had a similar question from Val on this also. So uh, I'll just mention Val's point of view from my understanding that not just a simplified Irish, but there should be a space for Irish language spoken in certain groups. So if your group of friends, for example, or a group of learners are speaking Irish together, that you would speak whatever form, adapted form of the Irish language that works for your group. And this happens all the time. For example, in, in English, different groups of friends will have like different trendy, cool words or more traditional ways of speaking. And Val was, Val was arguing that, yeah, uh, there's a space for fully correct Irish as well. And I do agree with that. Thanks a lot, lads. That was a great discussion. And here's the final part of the Bite Size Irish podcast for this week. It's from Marie. What is the cost? after the 21-day free trial. Thank you. Thanks, Marie. So what Marie is referring to is our Bite Size Irish program. It's our main way of helping you to learn to speak the Irish language, to make a real connection with your Irish heritage. So to answer your question, it's a bit in flux. Right now, uh, membership at Bite Size Irish at the time of speaking 2019 is $60 US a month and what that brings you it's so that you don't learn alone so we've got a full online course of lessons that you can take and our objective with Bite Size Irish is to take you from speaking not a word of the Irish language all the way to be able to simply express yourself in the Irish language while you know digging into some of the finer points of the language and we've had this course in different forms since the year 2010 so we've been growing and developing it for nine years at the time of speaking now at the time of recording so you're not learning alone and right now 
we can offer you our Irish language assistant uh, support, which means as a member, you can email us questions and we'll get back to you on specific lessons or more general questions about the Irish language. Because for me, there's nothing really worse than just being like thrown into a book, for example, and not being able to get any answers to your questions. Now, we have bigger visions. We have bigger plans for Bite Size Irish. I see Bite Size Irish as a place for an Irish language community. You are Irish language community. And that will fall in as part of Bite Size Irish membership. So what do I mean? I want to have a private community where people across the world who are interested in learning the Irish language, who are paying members of Bite Size Irish, that we have a place to get together daily to talk through a forum, to answer questions, to offer support to each other, to motivate, a place to ask questions. But not just that, it's a place to coordinate. It's a place to stand up and say, yes, I'm up for practicing the Irish language with my friends online, for example. Yes, I'm here to speak Irish with you. And because the one objective we hear about learning the Irish language is this. I don't have anybody to practice with. And you will have somebody to practice with. And it takes a bit of courage and you have to step up a bit. And yeah, scare yourself a little, huh? Um, but that's part of learning a language. Part of learning language is... Um, saying something a hundred times, hundreds of times the wrong way and finally veering towards an understandable version of that word or phrase or sentence and being able to start to express yourself and describe yourself in the Irish language. So that's the journey we're on with Bite Size Irish. Uh, what we have right now is very useful and we just we want to use this platform to pull people together. So thanks a lot, Marie. Hope you... Uh, enjoyed your free trial of Bite Size Irish and to become a member you can go to www.bitesize.irish slash sign up which brings us to the end of this podcast episode 89 of the Bite Size Irish podcast you can get show notes at www.bitesize.irish slash podcast and for you to be able for you to contribute to this show what you can do is record your own question like the listener questions that we featured in this episode. So what you can do is go to that page, www.bitesize.irish slash podcast. That's the Bite Size Irish homepage. And there's a big button at the top of the page for you to record your question. And it's pretty easy. You can use your computer or your phone usually. And what it does is it sends us an MP3 file of your question. And you can do all this without um, installing anything. And like I say, the deeper, the better, the more philosophical, the better. So looking forward to hearing your questions. Thanks to Tukumo. uh, That's T-S-U-K-U-M-O, who were, I think, were a Japanese group who uh, recorded their own Irish traditional music, their own rendition of it. So away we go, lads, and see you next episode. Slán! Slán!